are you now? I'm home in a room that used to be my son's, just sitting on a um a little couch that folds out into a bed for uh -huh. when someone plays with us or, or <laughs> what have you, when he comes back. You know, it's it's sort of like a little room. Um where now I've got a little guitar and an amp and it's just like a quiet sitting room where I could read or play music, you know. Yeah. Cool. Does your son make art at all? Um, I would say no, but when he was young, he was super into like being in all the plays and singing. He sang for a lot of his life through college. He was in some super fun acapella group. And, mm -hmm. um, I, but mostly he's in music and art, you know, and clothing, you know, he lover, you know, he, he, um, he's interested in all of that. I mean, he, you know, Lori was a weaver and a fabric designer, my wife. And so he grew up around lots of things and objects and making. And mm -hmm. so he's familiar and developed his own kind of, I and definite interest, you know, yeah. he's definitely, definitely into it, but doesn't do it himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. I imagine that you would impart a kind of creative ethos in some way or other. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I never like artists, parents, some of them like sort of, what would I say? They actively inspire making art for me he kind of did it like any other kid would and and um and was more around it and then he was like led down that path so to speak and i kind of let him do his thing so like i said he liked he always liked school and he liked drama when he was young and then he got into sports so that became kind of who he was like a student athlete type of kid but but art and 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 all of those kinds of um objects and rugs and crafts and whatever mm -hmm. he's always surrounded by it so i guess he kind of absorbed it through osmosis or something you know yeah totally. you know? i'm glad that he's super interested in it and you know as one would hope has his own instincts and opinions but Mostly he likes to absorb it, you know, because it's something that I've done a lot of. So he'll take it in and then kind of say, ask me what I think and we'll kind of kick it around. It's cool. It's a nice, it's a nice zone. One of the zones we have for discussion, you know, fortunately we have several. So it's, yeah. it's, it's nice to, it's nice, which you don't know about, but it's nice when your kid becomes like an adult and you can just kind of talk about anything really you know yeah i mean that does sound nice and kind of not i don't think it's usual necessarily like i think it's uh speaks to maybe your ability to communicate or that you have a good relationship and stuff yeah sometimes it can be with my own family like really hard to find things we can talk about and like i don't feel like I find it very difficult to talk to my father about my work and stuff. I definitely understand that because um, 
Yeah, my relationship with my dad was probably complete opposite. Um, he he was kind of gone when I was, you know, about 13 or so. But even when he was there, he, um, he wasn't really present. He was there, but he was always kind of distant and kind of um, in a nuanced way. Um, Beating, beating me down, you know, not, mm-hmm. not, not overtly, you know, but yeah. just kind of like his own issues, you know, caused him to, in a way, not really want me to flower in the way that I might have been able to. So, so it's interesting. And then throughout my life, he was really not around much at all. You know, the sort of obligatory phone call every now and then, how are you doing? You okay? And I was kind of, angry and hurt by him. So I was like, yeah, I'm okay, you know, and it would stay simple and a lot of feelings internalized and accumulative, you know, but um, but it's funny. So then on the flip side of that, I have a son. So I learned so much sort of by omission, which sounds like a weird way to put it, but it, it ended up having its blessings in it, although it wasn't fun, but you know, yeah. You know, we all go through our family stuff, some of it more extreme than others. But, you know, it, if we come out of it, if we're fortunate to come through it, essentially, if not totally, totally is probably too much to ask. But mm-hmm. essentially, then, we, um, then we've grown in sort of, in, I, I would say, in important ways, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, um you seem like a person who has who is kind of committed to growth in your work and in your life and I guess just to note to my to the listeners like I met you I realized I met you like 17 18 years ago as my teacher so which is kind of a trip that it's been that long and like so you've seen me grow as well in a way yeah Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because even if you don't spend a lot of time with a person, I guess we're all kind of watching each other or, you know, absorbing each other and both what we see, both what we hear, both what we do, right? You know, all of that. So it's been great. You know, you and I never have spent much time together, but I feel like I've gotten to know you a lot better, you know, over the years, just seeing what you do. And, and, you know, one super poignant thing was, which I told you when I saw that film that you made, you know, where you really um, beautifully opened up, you know, to just some of the things that you've been through and, you know, the things that people are, maybe not overtly, but covertly sort of taught to hide, you know, in our culture, you know, in other words, hide your problems, hide your failure, failures, you know, present as strong and confident and that things are going well, you know, so that's really never the full truth, but somehow in the, in the eager world we live in to, either attain more status or more rewards, um, people kind of hide a lot of deep and important things that I think the more we share that with people, I think 
the better we are for it. Um, it and it doesn't preclude whatever kinds of successes people want or were after, but it certainly, I think, is, is important to not become myopically, you know, um, active in that pursuit, you know, and, and our culture sort of, um, we measure each other that way all too often and it's um, unfortunate, but getting back to your video and, and growth and learning about each other, you know, or me, or today is going to be a learning thing because we're going to probably talk about things that we didn't know before. And that's, that's super cool and important, you know, and, um, and I guess you're right. I, I still am very committed to growing and becoming um, more aware, a better person, you know, constantly trying to be thoughtful of my priorities, my values and live by that. Um, and, and not succumb, I guess I would say, to um, things that, that are um, seductive or, you know, yeah. right, seem appealing. It, it's a constant, beautiful challenge, I guess I would say, you know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, you strike me as someone who tries to be very honest and has a lot of integrity, like, as an artist and as a educator and stuff and um I was doing research to prepare for this so I feel like you've spoken about and been interviewed about your work a lot so I was trying to like figure out some new angles for it rather than just like chronological or something um but one thing that struck me um well I want to talk about kind of your evolution but just since we're kind of on the topic a little bit um I feel like it seems like from what I have listened to about you that you kind of came to being an artist, not through some sense of like professionalization, but like just that it really just organically kind of developed and you found that it was something you resonated with. And I feel like that feels very opposite to how most people come to it in our current times. And I, yeah, I was just thinking about that kind of dichotomy? Well, when I was, um, I guess when I went to college, it was a time where the consensus was that we weren't there to sort of build a career or to, or to achieve. You know, there was still a lot of strong anti-establishment and, you know, anti-war and, um, you know, post-Vietnam era and a lot of drugs and sex and experimentation. So that all added up in a way for most people to um, experiment and travel, you know, and what I did was I was in college and had a major, but wasn't particularly directed. So I dropped out and I traveled and um, hitchhiked across Canada. I went up through Vermont into, into Canada, into Montreal, you know, hitchhiked, you know, just with a pack and then hitchhiked across Canada from Montreal all the way to uh, Banff, Alberta. And then went south through the States, you know, um, Montana and then um, Arizona, you know, ended up in Arizona further south and then went west to Southern California and then went up the coast of California 
up to Oregon and Washington State with, with various stops, you know, that were somewhat lengthy, but varied. So I, so it's like a, a, about a year and a half of travel, you know, without a vehicle and without much money. And, um, and that was like an extraordinary time in my life, something that one couldn't do any longer. You know, the police were pretty cool with it, you know, as long as you were, weren't in a really crazy spot and people would pick you up. And for the most part, it was an act of generosity, although there's stories I can tell that were not that, you know, that were kind of frightening. And But basically I needed to get away. I needed to get away, not just because I wasn't focused in school, but it was almost like a, um, it was like a delayed response to my family breaking up. And there's a lot of drama around it. My mom, who passed away a couple of years ago, she fell in love with a guy in a neighborhood. And it was a lot of public drama and shame attached to that, you know, because mm. we were all in the same community. So um, it was pretty, pretty, pretty difficult and, and a lot of pain. You know, I'd get phone calls from a man who ended up being my mother's husband. He was the love of her life, you know, so. The beautiful part of it was, is my mom went for love, you know, so mm -hmm. it, in those days, it was a very um, shameful thing to get divorced, you know, mm -hmm. like none of my friend's parents were divorced, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. and to have, quote, had an affair and then leave your spouse for someone else was not a, was, was kind of uncommon and, and um, not, not, not welcomed or, or understood at all, you know, so. Yeah. So anyway, so so me getting out of school and hitchhiking and traveling was sort of an act of getting away and being completely free and just trying to, you know, experience new things on, on you know, unaffected by my surroundings or people I knew or, you know, all that stuff, you know. So um, so when I did that, because it was kind of the hippie era, I was sort of a half-assed hippie, you know, I was like... <laughs> I was more of a jock, you know, because I like to play ball and stuff, but I had super long hair, you know, down to my waist. And, <laughs> you know, I certainly presented as a hippie, I could say. <laughs> you know? But um, so I got on the road and, and, you know, started to do some art and play some music. And um, I guess I really got excited about making things. At that point, I was making these sort of drug-induced, you know, rapidograph drawings that were sort of just crazy, you know, complicated doodles, really, you know, had no, had no, um, had no art understanding, interest or background. It just kind of was something I started to do. Mm -hmm. Then subsequently, I, I, I came back east after that, met Lori, you know, my wife of Gia, because this, this, believe it or not, Jen, this, this coming December will be 40 years of marriage, you know? Oh my God, that's amazing. Right, you know, yeah, it truly is like probably the best thing that ever happened to me. So, so we met when I got back and she kind of encouraged me to go back to school. You know, I don't remember if she said this exactly, but the way I do remember it was, you know, you probably should just finish what you started, mm -hmm. which is an interesting general kind of, you know, idea, maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's always true, but it's not a bad idea. So I went back, studied, took some art, and I wanted to, um, so I was close to graduating. Um, 
with dropping out and sort of an extended stay, I started school in 1970 and finished in 1977. But then I went to art school, the studio school down on 8th Street. And then I went to grad school at Queens College. So I was taken by making things like for me, I see a transfer from being interested in the body or dance or sports or something in art. You know, I, I think there's there's a fair number of artists, I think, that have had other physical kind of interests and then they became artists or something. So I'm one of those. So anyway, I entered more through like a emotional um, place in, in a way, like in in looking back, I could say that art is a place where if one has the courage, you can kind of build your own world and, you know, start anew in a way. So it might have had something to do with that, you know, like, gee, I need to find something. And mm-hmm. art seemed kind of unencumbered and open and, you know, yeah, inviting, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Do you feel like um, you always had a pretty good access to your emotions or like you learned how to do that through your work because it feels like I feel this your work is very like open and sensitive and it feels like you're very comfortable with that and also being like very masculine at the same time which is a cool thing (laughs) yeah um I guess I don't know what where it comes from, mm-hmm. but I've been super fortunate in kind of trusting myself. I think it might come from paying attention, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm huge on like paying attention to whatever's going on around us, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so then my responses feel not correct, of course, but feel like like they have some traction. In other words, if I actually if I actually pay attention and don't shut it down, which is a common human thing, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I was thinking before we got on tonight about just people. And sometimes it could take one thing for someone to sort of completely shut down on a person, you know, mm-hmm. or one, one, one word or one thing they heard or, you know, and it's kind of, kind of tragic in a certain way where sometimes people just don't have the space to maybe allowed to get to know each other or don't have this don't have the self 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 sense of self to to not be so easily threatened or hurt i don't know it's, it's mm-hmm. complex but um but anyway getting back to the question i feel like i feel like generally i i do trust my instincts over what i'm told or what over what someone else might think mm-hmm. and i found that if i follow them my life is better for it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But the tricky thing is I don't want to follow them predicated on my fear or, you know, self-protection. So there's courage involved and, you know, the, the attempt to look at your own behavior and how it affects people and, and build that into the mix. You know, all sorts of things come mm-hmm. into Trusting oneself, you got to have certain engines in motion so that then you could say, yeah, everyone else says go left and I'm going to go right. But it's not because I'm predisposed to 
make them believe I'm an individual or not wanting to go with the group. It's just because I actually do really feel like that's where I need to go and I'm willing to go that way and deal with what comes or doesn't come from that, you know? Yeah. Like, like some form of like privatized personal leadership or something wherein you listen and watch and pay attention and sometimes you just do the thing that might seem confusing or maybe inappropriate or incorrect to others but but you kind of have a sense of like nah I'm, I, I got I gotta do that so I feel I feel like that's a blessing of mine that that I've been given and I'm thankful for which is an ability to to trust myself and also sometimes to just learn to live without you know Mm. I, th I think again we're we're sort of programmed to want more and to have to live with you know plentiful or whatever you know but mm. sometimes one way I talk about it is that I really like my dumb self you know like like mm -hmm. like there's a huge part of me that's really I could call it any ignorant inexperienced dumb idiotic childish you know and I feel like that's super useful too to not try to eradicate that you know um so i don't know it's it's like it's like the path to self-acceptance right growing out of ideas that we're not good enough or we're not smart enough or we're not beautiful enough or we're not rich enough or we're not successful you know there's a long list of ways that's my heater in the background i hope you can still hear i'm I sorry can. that's not like that's a okay. clunky It'll add music to this whole thing. Yeah, you know? it's a rhythm. Don Cage wouldn't be bothered by that, right? No, no. But yeah, I feel like all of that resonates with me, and I like I feel that in you as a person and in your work. Like, I feel like I often think of you as being kind of like Zen-like or something, which I think is very much about like doing something very honestly, but not like trying too hard and not trying to be pompous or like better than you are or something. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's true. I mean, I think you're the same way. It's like Jen's Jen, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> you know, whatever is going on to you or outside of you or, you know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're killing it, you know, all that craziness or or you're sitting in a room by yourself and absolutely nothing's going on and everything in between. Mm -hmm. But you're Jen, you know? I mean, that's yeah. beautiful. You're like Jen and, and anyone who knows you knows that, you know? And I feel like maybe we share that, you know, like Jen's always Jen and, oh, here's a poem coming up. Sorry about that. <laughs> Jen's, always, Jen's always Jen and Glenn's always Glenn, you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel that I do you like I guess I well I have a lot of stuff I want to talk to you but now I feel like we're just on this trajectory where I'm like thinking about like I think of your work as being very spiritual and I wonder if there's if there is like any spiritual practice aside from the work or if you were raised religiously or anything like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you feel that way. Um, I, as a kid, I grew up in the Bronx and I, and I grew up in an Irish Catholic neighborhood. Mm 
Mm. And it was a small, small group of Jewish kids. So I think a lot of the Jewish parents sent their kids to Hebrew school, you know. So I, as a young boy, I was sent to Hebrew school, although we didn't practice Judaism in the home. It was more like a way for me to remember that I'm a Jewish person, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and I happened to really like it. I, I And I was really good at it, I guess I would say. Like I was... Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed studying Hebrew and writing Hebrew, mm. you know, it's beautiful, you know, physically. And mm. then um, the sound of it was kind of strange and interesting. And then I also liked Saturday services. They had this thing where upstairs was like the real adult service, but downstairs was like a junior congregation, they called it. Mm. where young people like myself could assume the role of like rabbi or cantor or, you know lead the service so we had our own service and I kind of got into it you know which was it was sort of natural like none of my friends were into it and, mm -hmm. you know, and then and then I got offered a scholarship to go to um, like yeshiva like a Hebrew high school out in Brooklyn I don't know if you know Brooklyn you know over by Ocean Parkway there's a lot of religious orthodox yeah. Judaism and and I and I didn't um I didn't want to go that way you know I guess mm -hmm. for some obvious reasons and I wasn't I wasn't feeling it but also you know I, I didn't want to leave my friends I didn't want to take that radical shift but I mm -hmm. was I was flattered in a way that I was offered that opportunity to essentially go down a religious spiritual path and then become, it was almost like the path would be to become a rabbi or something, mm. you know? So, so sometimes when I'm teaching, I'm not really talking about art at all. I'm, mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about all the things that are underneath it or the things that surround it that I think will help someone hopefully be a better artist you know um and then of course we talk about art and form and context and history it's also but but i feel like um to the spiritual sort of path i feel like i'm um i'm secular but engaged with religious um questions and and values and priorities you know so mm -hmm. i feel like i f i feel like i'll just like i read a lot of different books at the same time usually and, mm -hmm. and i don't usually read them straight through and i'm like an underliner so like with with spiritual teachings or religion i'll take ideas from anywhere that mm -hmm. seem to be um true and helpful to us so it's very important to me and and it continues to get even more important. Mm. I mean, you know, through through what's through these past couple of years, you know, so many so many things have happened that for me would would undoubtedly take us to a deeper spiritual place, you know, or those kinds of questions mm -hmm. of what's important and what 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 what. What am I missing? What do I want? Who do I want? Who do I want in my life? You know, yeah. I think this is a period for a lot of people, hopefully, to be questioning. And um, so I don't know, you know, 
yesterday, yesterday, I found out that one of my closest friends, like a sister to me, her husband um, died suddenly, you know, from a, um, a heart attack, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and um, you know, other friends of mine have died in the last year or so, you know, I'm older and, and all sorts of things are going on, exasperated by, um, you know, the pandemic. But, you know, I found myself yesterday, you know, I was um, really focused on her and her daughter and, and, and that thought, that place, that feeling, that, that loss, that sudden, abrupt, unforeseen trauma, I guess, you know. And um, mm -hmm. so I was sitting outside, you know, on a, on a little concrete slab and, and I was praying, you know. And I wasn't praying to a, I was just praying to God. And it wasn't really a particular God, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and what I would say is I've always, I've always believed in deference. Um, yeah, I could leave it at that. I've always been believed in deference, whether it's to nature or God or the, or the awe, you know, mm -hmm. of it all, you know? Yeah. And the all and that becomes manifest in people, of course. You know, mm -hmm. I find many people like absolutely unbelievable in who they are and what they do, you know, and what they face and how they respond. So it's super important for us to, I think, make progress down that road. And and then what we become is generative in our interactions with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Like like fun, for sure, you know? Mm -hmm. I have a lot of fun in my life. I know you do too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of hilarity, hilarity to be had, to, to impart, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, joy, you know, yes. Indulgence, yes. I think there's a place for all of it, but mm -hmm. the bottom line stuff, if we really want to get into it, you know, which this conversation, is doing those those are things that are um super crucial so that we have more of the kind of impact on each other that we would hope that's how i would articulate it you know yeah, yeah. i i like thinking about that your teaching or even just your art in general is a kind of like practice like maybe akin to though you didn't become a rabbi or whatever, there is this kind of idea of transmission or like passing something on and like, and like supporting other people in that it's like a community. Um, and I was thinking, I think I read in one of interviews you did like about you're saying like your work is not about you in some way, which I think was is something I felt in it also. Like it's not like this. I feel like you're trying to kind of let something move through you more than like look at how great I am or something, you know, like <laughs> imparting your ego or something. And And all these figures are very like universal and kind of open-ended. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 you know, it's impossible because the things I make would be tied to me. You know, that's Glenn. Excuse me. That's Glenn's work or, yeah, that's one of Jen's. But um, but I I do feel that that is my. Yeah, I'm just I'm just in the middle of some transaction, I guess I would say, you know. Yeah, you said transmission, right? Yeah. Like, you know, could I ramble for a minute? Yeah. In response to that? Yeah. So like, so I think, I think often we're always doing something, but our awareness may be, um, may need to get enlarged, I guess is the way I would put it. So I feel like, I feel like if, if we look at what we are, we have strong inclinations that start really early, you know, and then they continue. And then hopefully our awareness, acknowledgement of them becomes more, you know, more, more, um, more conscious, I guess I would say, you know, but a lot of it happens without that. And it's just kind of a trust thing, you know, where this is how I do it. This is, this is how I'm wired. You know, like intelligence is interesting. Some I have friends who are like, I can't even understand it at all. They're like databases. They, they, they retain so much in their brains. It's just absolutely unbelievable. You know what they remember, what what they can absorb, what 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 they read, what they see, dates, etc. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of the opposite. I'm like a macro, mm-hmm. simple. I've been wired simply up there, you know, mm-hmm. like it works, but it's not a, it's not a uh, complicated wiring system in my, you know, upstairs area, you know, so, uh, but, you know, what I've become more aware of in terms of what you're saying is that like for the last year, year and a half, I've only been making um, these paper kind of reliefs, which are kind of, kind of a secret, not because I'm withholding, but in order for them to continue the way I want them to continue, I don't really want a lot of feedback, even if it's positive, you know, it's just like, I want to, I want to keep building this, this garden, you know, before mm-hmm. people come tell me anything. So, yeah. but, but, but they're, they're, they have a lot to do with the idea that, um, I'm on my own kind of private mission. I don't think I'm the only one, but but like I feel like I feel like we're encouraged to make art that is um how would I say it like distant, you know, or remote or mm-hmm. or not really really um as close or intimate you, you know like like basically control like so that we can look at it and appreciate it and say, wow, that's, that's cool or that's good and everything. But, mm-hmm. but it doesn't provoke us in more important ways is my feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and there are of course exceptions, but you know, so like, so like inconsistency is not encouraged or, or true experimentation is not really encouraged. So a true vulnerability is not really encouraged. Like we do that in our lives maybe, but mm-hmm. but in our art, we're supposed to kind of muscle up and, you know, get out there and blow up and just kind of, you know, be, 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 be a hero or something, you know? And I'm like, eh. you know, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, like, and, yeah. it, and it gets, 
philosophical and it does get spiritual, you know, in terms of what are we after? And then uh, once again, as a function of that, what do we become, right? Yeah. So, so I've just been trying to make things that I feel are that not spooky or scary, but they're actually animated, even though they're an inanimate object, which is why I really got interested in art, because I saw things at a certain point in my life that were highly animated and charged, mm. you know, and, you know, nothing changed. They're static. Physic in physical terms, they're static. Mm -hmm. Although scientifically, they're not static, but you know what I mean. They're, yeah. You know, we can't see changes in them, but, but yet they remain active. And we want to keep looking at them because they feel alive is the way I would put it. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what I'm trying to do is, is not be afraid to one, believe in that because I think, I don't think it's a popular zone of belief. You know, it, it, it it's like, one could easily push it away and say, yeah, of course, everyone's trying to make work that's alive. And I'm like, you know, okay, we don't need to discuss it if, if it's that easy to sort of say that's what we all do. But mm -hmm. if you really want to discuss it, let's take a look at forms of control and, and structures within which art exists that qualify it and, you know, make mm -hmm. it more expedient and make it more consumable and more pleasurable. And I'm not saying all that's bad. You know, I think yeah. it's cool to find pleasure and to consume and be around things that are, you know, affirmative, but, but they're often are affirmative due to our cultural standards and priorities. They're affirmative in ways that are, um, that could do a much better job would be the way I would put it. If we, if there was some agreement on what an artist is and what an artist does, you know, like, like yeah. what, 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 because we know we know what it is, but a lot of that again is is hidden, almost like having dirty clothes or something. You know, like like why are the dirty clothes like not part of 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 what we all want to look at and experience? What is this idea of of results like you know only and like yeah. like it's like if we jump out of a birthday cake all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you know, like almost like whatever you could say, like athletes were born great. Are you, are you kidding me? You know how much devotion, yeah. I'll say devotion, not work. Mm -hmm. I'll call it devotion rather than commitment. Do you know how devoted that particular person is to, to the endeavor, you know, and, yeah. and their understanding of what the endeavor calls for, you know, so, so I'm trying to, to be as courageous as I can to, to do it, I think, you know, is um, a better way. I wouldn't say it's the right way because that's so alienating and like, oh yeah, Glenn Goldberg is going to tell me what the right way is. I would, I would, I'd phrase it more as perhaps a better way if we, if we, um, I don't know, shift things over a little and maybe are willing to, to, to purposefully pay the price for it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I've come to this, you know, and I'm, you know, and, I, and I've been fortunate. I, I had a certain amount of success when I was younger, you know, that maybe has afforded me to think certain ways. I'm aware of that, too. You know, I, I mm -hmm. do feel like 
we need acknowledgement, you know? Mm -hmm. I get that and I don't want to whisk by that and sound like some purist, you know, mm -hmm. monk, but I do feel like we should be thinking about the monk, you know? Right. And be think thinking about um, maybe taking a walk is the most important thing on a particular day and not, you know, jumping on the phone or jumping on Instagram and, you know, out of the fear of missing a potential, I don't know, acknowledgement or opportunity. You know, it's everyone moves that where they need to move it, but might not be a bad time to just make some adjustments. And maybe some people need to make big adjustments. Yeah. And say, you know what? I've been going down this path for a while. And if I'm going to be really truthful with myself, it's not really leading me where I was hoping it would. So maybe I got to just look at that and move it over, you know, not like destroy it, you know, not hate on it, but just say, huh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors to this kind of thing that the end of the day, man, you know, it's about pleasing others and having people look at you, look up at you rather than across at you, you know, let's, let's look eye to eye, you yeah. know, like, it's, that's all. I don't know. I hope I hope I didn't say it for too long, but I guess I feel like it's important to share that I've got big questions about our culture. You know, I really yeah. do. Which isn't to say that that bad people. I think people, knowingly or unknowingly, are affected by some things that are just not good for us. Plain and simple. You know, or, yeah. or the or the duality of of sort of, you know, not liking a crass, you know, um, corporate kind of ascension ladder, but also not exact, not acknowledging that's exactly what we have in our world as well. So let's 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 be, let's be thorough about what we think we believe, and then it probably will cause us to either change what we believe or make some adjustments adjustments based on what we believe. You know, one one or the other. You mm -hmm. Follow me? Yeah. You know. I mean, and then, and then, yeah, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm rambling. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much there to what you said. I mean, I think there, like, I agree, there's kind of maybe different kinds of artists that are aiming for different things, or even like one way that I think about it is like, and this is very simplified, but I think some artists kind of maybe work from their head and some work from their heart, and maybe there's combinations of those things, but I, I feel like I'm interested in working from the heart more. And um, yeah, I don't know. I was curious when you said about this early success, do you feel like that was kind of instructive to you about, oh, this isn't actually what it's about or something? I got some things really early on, you know, sort of out of my first show in New York that one would think would be a dream come true. And I would say partially that is correct. But then the experience of it and meeting people and, and then how it plays out in terms of beginning to understand why someone might have been interested at me, right, in me or my work, I started to unpack that as, as I moved forward. 
And I realized that often it was about other things that really didn't have to do with what I was thinking or what I was doing. It did for some, but for most, it was, you know, which we see often, it was a, it was a following or a sheepish kind of response to what seemed to be, you know, betting on a winner or something, you mm, know? Yeah. And then that sort of changes, you know, like, like if, I don't want to be crass, but if you're a horse and you win a couple of races and then you start losing, people aren't going to bet on you anymore. Right. And in a way, artists are horses, you know, in that sense. It's like, you know, it's about timing. It's about, you know, a very acute awareness of, 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 of consumption and when you want to join that team. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so there was some awakenings to it for me that, um, again, back to China to pay attention to, I realized that sometimes I was sitting across the table from somebody and I, was, I just wasn't really interested, you know, yeah. to be real simple about it. Like, like it didn't seem like the way we were coming together had any traction that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me or them a bad person, but it's like what, you know, having a dinner or whatever. And, and my success was big, but it was also kind of quiet, you know, so it wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, most people never heard of me or never will. And that's fine by me. But, you know, but it was a, it was a thing, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that point. And, and that thing, what I realized was, is like, like my first show, um, which shockingly, the whole show sold. I think I made like fourteen thousand dollars, right? Wow. You know, so it wasn't like, um, like my life changed. You know, yeah. I had I had fourteen thousand dollars, which is fourteen thousand dollars. But I thought I thought, holy shit, people actually paid me for some of my paintings. I've got to become a better artist. That was my first thought. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that that only mattered to certain people, right? You know, mm-hmm. like. I could have, I could have felt something differently, um, but I felt like, I felt like I just needed to get better, mm. you know, at, at 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 what I was doing, right? Because um, I was now exhibiting, and you know, I was like, geez, I mean, I'm looking around the artist that I thought was great. I'm like, my God, I got to get a lot better. You know, this this isn't going to work if I don't get back and get better. So I I was inclined to kind of slow it down. I went with a slow gallery. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go with a fast gallery downtown. In you know, in those days it was like Soho. I went with an uptown, quiet, slow gallery. And some people thought I made the wrong decision, but I wanted to kind of be protected and hide and mm-hmm. have time to grow. You know. Then ironically, when I grew, which meant the work would change and all that, then I was in for another rude awakening, which is like <laughs> sort of some big voice saying, oh, that's not really a wise way to go. You know, we're not really interested in this work. We're interested in the work that was successful, you know, classic stuff, you know, yeah. um, not original what I went through. But, but I guess I learned a lot early, you know. Um, about about things that 
um, could intrude upon my relationship with my work. Like, I guess I, I guess I have two rules. I don't want, I don't want people getting in between my family and I, and I don't mean family just in a literal sense, you know, my people. Mm. And I also don't want people getting in the middle of me and my work. I'm happy to listen and entertain ideas and thoughts and all that. But so I felt like, okay, I got to stay close to my work. That's what got me here in the first place. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to change that up simply because maybe now it's not starting to work out so well. You know, you know, you follow me like, yeah, like, like, like like it works, but it's not working now. So I'm going to keep going with, you know, the love of, of trying new things and making work and exploring. I mean, that's the whole excitement about being an artist for me is like either getting a new idea or working with a new material and, and, you know, being as, you know, I guess I would say, um, what's the word I used earlier? Like being as inconsistent with what I do in Mm. my work as life is, you know, right? Like, no matter how you want to control your life, you can't. Right. Because things are going to happen that you have to respond to. So life itself is a constant. It's been. It's in constant flux and a highly vulnerable, you know, thing that we are as human beings. And I figured, like, why would I want to control my work and have that be sort of, I would call it privately repressive. You know. Yeah. I'm not really about repression. You know, of any form. And I don't want culture to have a repressive effect on my work. I, I, I'm just built that way. It's not even a decision. You know, it's like, you know, that's cool if you're not interested in these. Mm-hmm. I understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, you're not wrong to not be interested in what I'm doing. But, you know, that's what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like what someone asks you, what do you think of this? You're going to tell them. And they might say, well, I strongly disagree. And I and we might listen and be changed a little bit, but you know, that's where it's at, right? You know? Yeah. And yeah. art is a way of art is a form of speech. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like every time we're making work and putting it out in the world, we're, we're speaking on something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's the opportunity as I see, it, you know, like I mean you've exhibited, you know, anyone who's exhibited, it's like whether it's one person or thousands barreling through some whatever museum show that's world renowned, but still people walk in and you've got this opportunity to have an effect on them. So I would say we would be wise to consider that, you know, cause not everyone cares if you're showing or selling or they're just walking into a room and, look, and, and looking at and feeling something. You know, and to me, that's the center of this preoccupation. It's like music. You know, everyone listens to music, right? You know, and 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 they're gonna listen to it whether someone's selling records or, you know, as you know, classical musicians get by. You know, like some of the highest level musicians imaginable. So, so we got some stuff wrong in, in our visual, you know, art sector. You know, we're, we're a little misguided in, in, in some of the ways we measure each other. And, and I'm happy to put that out there. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like as art kind of contains these highs and lows of like human endeavor or something or of integrity. Um, but I'm very interested in this thing you were talking about of like inconsistency. I think that's something I'm interested in too. Like maybe it relates back to the idea of growth and like, you know, if you're growing, you're not going to be staying the same. So, but I feel like I was like thinking about your show Plums and Breezes. That was kind of like a bit of a survey and I got to see lots of different phases of your work that had a lot of variety in them. And, but I feel like now, and then I was thinking about like, well, you've kind of, I feel like you evolved to a kind of style of a sort, but maybe in a, you came to it kind of honestly or something. And yet it changes within that. But I was wondering about that. Like, it feels like you landed somewhere that mm. that kind of evoked you in some way. And I'm curious what you think about that idea. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably true. I've been kind of playing with the same icons for a while um, like certain handful of team members that I kind of implement in different ways, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think that's true. I feel like, I feel like I'm somewhat, somewhat landed, I guess I would say, but, but it's always trying to wiggle away from itself. You know, mm -hmm. it's always like, you know, it's always got a branch that's, potentially going to flower in a different way, you know, yeah. um, and, and it couldn't radically change again. But nowadays, my shifts are more, in, in, you know, like, like, what I'm doing a lot of now is working on a couple of books in collaboration with a couple of people and books or something that's super important to me and, and they've been kind of quiet too. And then also I work with a woman colleague of mine and we do, um, we write back and forth all the time and we've done some performances that are generally off the radar, you know? So I've got a lot of my music, I'm, 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 I've always been real shy and private about it, but. I'm working on some stuff with that, which I'll probably want to share. You know, so so mm. so the so the physical visual things that I'm making are still super alive and well, but um, the shifts are not so radical in that, but they are in terms of working in different modes that are just as important to me, but have not been given the same kind of time or, or focus, you know? Um, yeah. And that's exciting and, and like, like different ways of, of implementing, you know, my being, you know, seeing what it looks like in a different form. I put it under the category of doing different things for different reasons, you know? Yeah. So like, so like talking, like you and I talking, is 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 a different way of us knowing each other or just looking at each other's work mm -hmm. is another way of knowing each other or just you know 
seeing each other and how we dress or mm-hmm. watching one of your, you know, like, like we do share that, like your, your comedy and your, and all the things that contribute to genness, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've got all these things that I don't want to, that need some acknowledgement and some, um, yeah, they just need to be that contribute to whatever it is I, I'm, I'm trying to give out, put out, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the responsibility of what we are, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the responsibility that you might have to your mind, your heart, your hands, your eyes, where you come from, what, what you've been through, you know, your, your humor, you know, right? Like some people are blessed with the ability to make other people laugh. I say you got to use that, you know, yeah. right? So there's 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 laughers and there's instigators of laughter, you know. Yeah. So like, yeah. I feel like laughter can be very liberating too. Like it just um, lightens things, or it's like looking at things from a different point of view or owning things we may be ashamed of, or you know, if we put yeah. them in a different way. It, kind of opens other people up too. Yeah. It's and it's scientifically proven to be healthy, right? Yeah, totally. What is it like uh it 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 produces more what is that serotonin? Is that the word? Ser- I don't know. Or endorphins or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's just good for you. Yeah. Do you think of like I feel like there's I was thinking about your characters and there's a kind of like sweetness to them, or even you could say like a kind of innocence or something. Like, um, I wouldn't necessarily say they're humorous, but um, there's something, they're playful, definitely. And yeah, I was wondering where they come from or if you feel a need to name them even. Yeah, I don't feel the need to name them. And I guess I feel like they come from within, you know? Mm-hmm. I know that's not a great answer. But <laughs> like, do you feel like they are parts, they're different parts of you or like of, or they're not only you maybe? Yeah, I was about to say yes, but... Um, I'm hoping that they have qualities that are relatable. Like, like I do feel what you feel. I feel like they're kind of, although some of the new things I'm making are a little bit suspect and maybe a little bit frightening and, you know, mm. have some things going on. But generally, I feel like they have been, um, yeah, sort of tender and at times a little awkward. And, um, you know, I agree. I don't think they're particularly funny, maybe touching in a way, you know, like how could such a, like it is interesting that a a cutout shape that in and of itself is so simplistic and sort of dumb and ubiquitous like a child's package of fun things to play with, you know, can, can, be something other than that or more than that so that interests me Mm -hmm. but um i'm hoping that they're 
that they just hold certain qualities that that are relatable yeah like to the person looking at it like like i'll look at some of these situations and i'm like yeah i feel like that sometimes like like sometimes one of those shape um figures at times it'll feel really clunky and and you know lonely mm. and i'm like yeah I, I feel like that you know yeah. and then sometimes it feels like in good shape and it feels like it's in a buoyant kind of you know sort of feast like ambiance i'm like yeah definitely felt that you know it's like can it run through can it run through different kinds of qualities that 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 one could associate with and um be some kind of bridge you know that's another way to think of art you know as a bridge as a bridge back to something as that's that's a affirmed you know or reaffirmed mm. or as a bridge to elsewhere you know mm. like 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 someone's work can take me somewhere else right you know and, and when it does i'm so appreciative and i would include even violence and and the horrific things yeah. as well as as well as bliss and intimacy but mm. it's all that sort of junk in the middle that doesn't really do it either way that i feel like it's kind of you know you find a different way to appreciate it i would say mm-hmm. follow me like oh you you're talented or you're mm. you know yeah or you do it this way or you know there's always a way to appreciate it but again it's it's um it's best for it to maybe have more impact you know yeah that makes sense like you know how you go to a party and um or a gathering of some sort and there's a person there that you've never saw before in your life mm-hmm. and immediately curious about who they are and what they do and you know there's that presence that they have mm-hmm. and it happens all ways it's not because you're looking for a certain kind of look or anything it's just some kind of energy thing where wow who's that you know they yeah. could be young old you know mm-hmm. whatever that's the kind of thing that i think we were hoping for in art you know like like walking into a new universe like you and i think that moment when you walk into someone else's studio mm-hmm. it almost hits you immediately not always cuz sometimes it'll open up slower but but there is that immediate hit where you're like oh dear uh, this is going to be a tough thing to get through or you go, wow what is this that you are in the middle of you know and then those questions like what we're talking about of like wow it's all speculative like where do you think this comes from or how did how did you get to do this or you know yeah. it's it's like truly remarkable that's the hope yeah you know? maybe that's partly like this thing of like making something or being part being a part of a process that is really alive like i feel like maybe it's kind of the difference between someone who has this thing that's very narrow and they just do it kind of i don't know it becomes like a like a routine or a formula and and someone who's really involved in something that that they don't know where it's going yeah 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 and i think that's once again a function of what one needs in their life you know like if you if you are fortunate enough to have developed self trust 
wherever that comes from. That could take you in one direction, but if you're needing, you know, support and um, safety, right? Mm. And, you know, maybe maybe it takes you somewhere else. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's all very human. Uh, yeah. I, I hope that what I'm saying is not um, implying disrespect or anything. It's just like I want to try to see it clearly. Yeah. And, um, we can open each other up, I guess, as people. We do open each other up. Yeah, you know? totally. Right. I was thinking about, like, well, I don't, I don't think I totally understand how you make your work, but I was reading some mention of like um, stencils and you have this maybe, I don't know if it's still a rule, but this idea that nothing can be removed in your paintings, which I thought was interesting. Um, are you still doing that? Pretty much. There was, there was a point where, well, earlier it was like, in, out, in, out, change, eradication, erasure, mm-hmm. you know, addition, you know, a lot of addition and subtraction. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to slow down, it just became additive and accumulative. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I, I think I've, I've been working that way um, for the most part since, but um, I'll quiet things down, but they usually don't get eradicated fully. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a volume change, but I tend to, I tend to try not to do something until it feels like I need to do it. And then I try to live with it. Mm-hmm. So in a way it became very closely related to how one lives their life. You know, like you can't, like you can't undo, you can't unknow, you mm-hmm. can't erase. Like our lives are an accumulation. Mm-hmm. Um, accumulative, additive, you know? Yeah. And I guess, I guess I like that for the most part, the way I make my work is analogous to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't plan it, but it, but it became it became that way where my process in making work is highly related to, you know, the irrefutable fact that you can't now, or I can't now say, oh, I didn't like when I did that, so I'm going to erase it. You know, it's just not how it works, you know? Yeah, it makes me think of like John Cage or even like Miles Davis has some quote about how there are there are no mistakes and I feel like that's I like that idea a lot yeah it all contributes right yeah we could say it's just a series of events we don't even have to think of them as it's hard not to but we don't always have to think of them as good or bad yeah you know or like, I'm ashamed of this. I wish I would have done that better. I mean, I certainly have those feelings about things I've done or effects I've had um, on others, but I, I do like that they are obviously inevitable and, and it's whether we respond to them or notice them that matters. 
mm. because then, then they make us, um, then they reroute us, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know. To, do, you to make like, do you feel like you have to kind of open yourself to accepting things more without, with that, with that role in mind? Like maybe you would not really like it, but you have kind of set this parameter where you have to kind of try to like it or have a radical acceptance or something? It's hard to like, like the things that bother me the most about myself. um, And it's not about feeling like I'm fully to blame, you know, that's a continuum as, as well, but like it bothers me if I feel like I have set someone back or hurt someone or Mm. have been unfair or disrespectful, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have been at times, you know, and other times maybe it was understood that way, you know, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it's not so easy to unpack what sometimes happens, you know, in in relationships, but but that's... um, that's bothersome and certainly worth thinking about. Like, okay, this is how I feel like your behavior affected me, mm-hmm. but I've got to maybe even more importantly think about how my behavior might have affected you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think some people just act and accept what happens because they've got enough fruit at any given time to wash away the, you know, the damage. But I feel like, um, I feel like privately, I, I try to to look at my behavior and how it might have hurt someone else. And I often do that alone. They're not aware of that, you know, because mm-hmm. perhaps we moved on or something. You know, whether it's a friend or a, you know, a, a earlier, you know relationship, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, um, so I can accept it, but I've got to figure out how to use it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so that I'm more mindful. And obviously now some of us are more mindful of, of behavior and ways of being that are affecting others in ways that we maybe weren't so aware of, you know, it's hard to it's hard to locate it though, you know. Yeah. It's a lot of work, I think, to locate it and not simply agree to something that's not right mm-hmm. or disagree with something that's not right. You know, it's like mm-hmm. or or wait, agree to something that's not right or disagree with something that is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gotta we've gotta we've gotta try to locate it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Do you, have you heard of this woman, Byron Katie? No. He's Sounds like, like I should know her. Yeah, it remi- what you're saying reminds me of this thing. She has this process called the work where you like kind of like question your belief. Like if you're having a painful thought or belief, you kind of question it and kind of turn it around. And it's been, it's a very simple process, but it, I found it very helpful to kind of see how maybe like the exact opposite of what you're believing is equally true or could be equally true kind of and and like yeah 
That sounds good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, she's got some stuff online. I can, yeah. You could just text me her name or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Um, but maybe, well, that it's not quite um, an exact uh, segue, but I was thinking about sports and that as like this, I feel like, it seems like a recurring metaphor or theme in your work. And I know that you have an interest in sports and a background in sports and that I feel like there was a piece I was looking at that was like a basketball and I think a kind of backboard called heaven. And, and I was thinking about like sports as a kind of maybe transcendent collective activity or something like that. And yeah. I mean, I don't have a huge amount of experience in sports, but I can imagine it's like, it does seem like a process of becoming something larger or like a team, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn by being part of a team, any team, you know, and most sports are team sports, not all, of course, but yeah. I guess my experience has been being around team sports and how much someone could grow by figuring out how they can be a part often requires sacrifice for the betterment of the whole. It requires dealing with adversity mm -hmm. and um, dealing with both losing and winning. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's hard to deal with both, although one would think winning's a lot easier, but I feel like it also has its challenges. Um, mm -hmm. You know, then there's human dynamics, you know, ideas of fairness and, you know, are you being seen as your potential acknowledged? You know, there's a lot in it that is way beyond the, the, the actual sport itself. You know, it's, mm -hmm. um, for many, it's a, it's a, We'll go on because sports only lasts for a while with most people, even professionals, they're done at a pretty early age. Um, I think there's a great deal that, that any kind of athlete has to deal with that could be instructive if you're, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with mental strength, you know, and, mm. and heart and discipline, devotion, um, you know, you know, like in the Olympics, it always, in terms of things that are, that, that are really kind of all producing, like there's men and women that train pretty much their whole lives for like a, a race that lasts 10 seconds or something, yeah. you know, like, like as kids, let's say track stars, you know, a young woman can be running track and she's obviously the fastest kid that anyone's ever seen. And she trains and she it's racing against other young women in the in the state and across the country and across the world. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then makes the Olympics and there's that 10 second race that all this is, has been sort of, you know, heading towards, you know, it's, it's just, so what, forgetting about how beautifully blessed they were with a body that could run so, yeah, 
run so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Then there's all the all the things that they've sacrificed, you know, in their case to to run the race or to play yeah. the tuba or to make a sculpture or whatever it is that people do. It's just just um, it is just amazing, you know, that kind of um, sports has a lot of a lot of really kind of deep challenges within it, you know, mm-hmm. that have to do with public failure in a way, you know. Yeah, that's kind of what I like trip out on is like in the Olympics, these little kids who are just dealing with this insane amount of pressure and they have this maturity in a way beyond their years. Yeah. Yeah, I think some do and I think some are destroyed by it. Mm-hmm. Right? That they don't know what to do afterwards. That was their yeah. whole identity. Mm-hmm. Got up on that balance beam or something and fell. Yeah. The whole world. At mm-hmm. 14, 15 years old. You know, you're right. I mean, so it's so to think about those aspects of it. I don't know that people often think about that, those aspects. They're thinking either I like sports or I don't, but mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot more to it, I guess. It's, you know and then there's parents back to parents i've seen parents in the stands screaming at their kids and Mm. screaming at the coach and so so family pressures and madness gets acted out in the arenas of sports it's 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 deep human stuff that goes on in terms of um how you want to how you want how you deal with it right yeah. My son played a lot of basketball, you know, when he was a kid and then high school and then college basketball and um, you know, and and I realized early that I've got to really try to guide him and help him in ways that are that are, you know, um that are healthy, so to speak, you know, try yeah. to do it the healthy way, you know, because is again there's all sorts of bait and seductions and moments where you might want to do or say something but you realize now nah, it's best to just let mm. it be and let's and we'll when we'll deal with to get we'll deal with it together you know what i mean like family wise mm. you know yeah. yeah i wish i had i wish i had had a sports thing i was like i feel like i it would have been good for me to have that sense of like competition or challenge or something. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, you know, and it's good to use your body and it's, it's good to do like plain and simple. It's good to have to navigate winning and losing. It becomes sort of something you get better at and it prepares you for a lot of things in life. Cause we're always going to be quote winning and losing or, not being selected or being selected. There's a lot of real basic metaphors in it that, that, yeah. that run, run throughout life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you um, do you still engage in sports as like some other creative activity or or just physical activity? I mean, I did for as long as I could, but then I had you know, like this past year and a half, I had two knee surgeries. 
Mm. You know, we, I think we're a function of, you know, physical, you know, wear and tear. And yeah. So I think I'm kind of done, but I remain physically active and, you know, mm -hmm. always something, but um, I, you know, there's, there's certain things that just aren't good after a certain point, like abrupt stop, stops and starts, like in basketball, and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. getting hit, physical contact. It's, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to be a, uh, be a, a viewer. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I played for, for a long, long time with a lot of enjoyment and fun with just, there's a lot of kinship and friends, you know. Mm -hmm. I used to play in leagues up in the YMCA league out in Queens and in Central Park. And you just meet a lot of, a lot of people from different walks of life, you know. So it's, so it expands your, you know, your, your, your demographic circle, you know, yeah. which is super cool. Yeah. That's cool. I feel like I hardly know any people aside from artists, except people in my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I can introduce you to some. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get into basketball. <laughs> I'm a little on the short side, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. Got a big heart. Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> the size of your heart is really important in sports. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. Let's see. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but let me just see if there's some other things I want to hit on. Um, maybe. Do you want to just talk about like what's happening in your studio now? Like what's your process been like recently and has it been hard to work in the past year or how's it going? Um, it's been going well. The difficulty has been um, getting set back, you know, for a while not being able to walk, you know, so it's mm. so I was home and I was, I was drawing a lot, but I wasn't really able to get around. And, and recently I've had some weird things go on where my hands aren't working. My hands suddenly got very, very weak where like I can't even open up a bottle or oh, no. open or anything so I feel like I'm gonna be okay but the past month or so like my hands have become essentially useless um which is freaky so that stopped me but I I believe completely that I figure it out I've, I've gone through a whole bunch of weird tests and things but um mm. my body's always been good to me and I feel like it's gonna I'm going to be okay. But other than that, physical kind of obstacles have, have sort of given me a couple of halts. But on the whole, I've been, like I said, I've been making these paper mache reliefs, like different, mm -hmm. different paper mache concoctions of, um, that I'm either putting a couple of different things together or adding some things to them and, and then um, some color, some 
color gets mixed in with them. And then I mm -hmm. have been making, um, again, like maybe five to seven categories of, of initial forms and then putting forms within them, you know, so mm -hmm. they're not rectangles there. They're, they're either sort of like a plaque shape or, you know, a, a, a bird or a dog or, you know, the usual suspects. Um, <laughs> the, uh, a guy walking or, you know, so, and those just keep going. Mm -hmm. But also a couple of new ones too. There's um, what started out as a a woman's head, but I think now it's kind of gender genderless. And those are some of the ones that got a little a little freakier and a little bit like less. They might, for most, be less inclined to to want to hang one of those in the house, you know? <laughs> but, but I think of them more as like, like in the gargoyle or meant to ward off evil spirits kind of thing. Like they, they <laughs> to me, if they're a little frightening and strange, it's not because I want them to affect us that way. In my mind, <laughs> in my private mind of fantasy and imagination, they they have a job to do, which is to keep is for them to be weirder and scarier than that which could harm us, you know. So mm. so there's little conversations that go on mm -hmm. inside of those, but, but then it gets back to what we were talking about. They are a little awkward and a little bit um, not so aesthetically lovely. They're, they're gnarly, some of them. Um, yeah. But 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 intimate, you know. The, I think across the board, I make things that have a certain tactile intimacy, mm -hmm. so that 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 suits it a little bit. But um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I feel like even now that I'm not currently able to make them, I still feel like they they have a life ahead of them. Mm -hmm. But then, but but also another life. Like some of the some of the things that I'm going to do with. Um, with my sort of partner, Amber Schoon, we're gonna go outside and do some parade-like things or have some bigger um, beings be with us, you know, out in the grass or by a river. You know, there's ideas that mm. we want to implement. So I feel like these paper mache pieces will also become manifest in larger cutouts or puppets or something that will um be taken on outside you know on a little mm. on a little journey or walk or something and then maybe video some of that and, and mm. or document it and some of that will go in a book so that those activities of making things and some performative aspect and then documentation and books it 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 mixes with each other and that's what I think will happen more so maybe in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the hope. Yeah. yeah. That's the hope, you know, getting to all the things that any of us want to do is just like impossible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like, don't you wish you had more time to just like do more of your performances, <laughs> but yet sometimes you're making paintings or I don't know. I just feel like we have yeah. different parts of ourselves that just, 
due to just time can't become can't really blossom so you know yeah totally I mean I feel like I feel like I actually am kind of retiring from performance to devote myself to painting but in a way the podcast is a kind of like performance thing but yeah even just with painting I feel like there's a kind of endless ideas and desire to continue and explore them and even though I've had maybe the more time than I've ever had this past year, it's still like I want more in some way. <laughs> yeah. Always a lot more to do, right? Yeah. But maybe that's the good part of being an artist too. It's like never finished, kind of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs>